You are listening to the Mark Jeffries Event Podcast, Episode 7. For those of us, especially in the event industry, who accepted endless travel as a normal part of our existence, the last few months have been uh, quite a change. Now, I reckon, and I was trying to work this out, this is the longest I've not set foot on a plane in at least 25 years. And although time at home with my family has been so lovely, I'm going to make a confession. I must confess that I actually miss the following things. I miss trudging through airports, standing in line. I miss throwing my bag onto the x-ray machine. I miss grabbing some coffee-flavoured beverage. I really miss watching how people pretend they haven't seen me when we're waiting to get on the flight, and so then they stand in front of me just so they can get on the plane before I do. I miss that. I miss checking in and out of hotels, stopping at 15 different floors in the elevator, dragging my carry-on two miles from reception to hotel room, and then racing back to the airport and doing it all over again. I miss that. The travel industry has, much like our event industry, been hit incredibly hard, and its journey back to travel normality doesn't seem to have a clear path yet. But travel is happening. People are heading back to the airport and getting on planes. Hotels are opening up. They're welcoming guests. And believe it or not, small meetings are actually taking place. I know. So what is it like to travel in the COVID world? And what can you expect if you finally grab that carry-on that's been sitting empty for four months now and you head off into the blue skies? Well, I wanted to devote this podcast to finding out. So I reached out to an old friend who founded and runs one of the most successful and impressive travel firms in the world. It's called Smart Flyer. And I'm going to let him tell you much more, but Smart Flyer is my go-to organization for the hundreds of trips that I normally take every year, both for business and for pleasure, and they just never disappoint. They organize travel for individuals, businesses, sports groups, huge celebrities, including, by the way, Jimmy Fallon, who happened to mention them on his show recently. So, please return to your seat, fasten your seatbelt, put away your tray table, and prepare for departure as we hear from Smart Flyers' Michael Holtz. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you, Mark. So, I've known you for a long time, but this organization, Smart Flyer, has just grown and grown. Can you tell us a bit about it? Thank you. Uh, yes, this year, Smart Flyer, we're actually celebrating our 30th anniversary, but the company is very different in 2020 than it is when it started in 1990. Uh, we're a high end travel company. We deal with many different facets. We deal with luxury leisure travel, we deal with luxury business travel. We deal with high-end business travel as well as doing, you know, celebrations, weddings, meetings, and incentives. And how did all this start? Because you obviously didn't study travel at school. Well, I went to university in St. Louis, and at the time, in the 80s, St. Louis was a hub for TWA, and they had seven or eight different city ticket offices. Back then, there were no electronic tickets. You had to physically go pick it up. And I had a business helping my fraternity brothers and people in the engineering school obtain the best fare when they would travel to St. Louis from their hometowns. And then conversely, we also would do vacations. So over spring break, there were nonstops to Honolulu, 
people who go to Hawaii, people who go to London, you know, and so on. And so you just found this this opening, this little niche, and it started that way. And obviously, you you were bitten by the bug because there's so few people who live and breathe the business they work in. But when you're not working at SmartFlyer, in other words, you're not in the office, you're not actively booking people onto a, an amazing trip of some sort. You're constantly traveling yourself in normal times, right? Absolutely. I'm constantly traveling, and a big part of my job is creating and maintaining relationships. So, for example, the, we, the reason that we are successful is because not only do we know the product, but we know the people. This whole business, like yours, is based on people, the human connection. Absolutely right. Now, prior to the pandemic, I've never seen flights and hotels and accommodation and restaurants so busy, so packed. Everything was quite literally flying. And, and this was just the most remarkable change. Give us a little bit of insight. How were you guys affected? Because I'm guessing the travel industry just ground to an absolute halt. Look, I mean, obviously us, like everyone else, you know, we've seen business, you know, go through the floor. But, you know, right now we're pretty fortunate. We're running at about 50% of our level of last year which, you know, I'm thrilled with. I mean, wow. you know, many people are doing less. We've had a few clients actually send us videos. We had one client on Delta Airlines where the pilot announced, you know, Mr. Jones, welcome to your private plane to Cincinnati. <laughs> and he was actually the only passenger on the plane. Oh, it was incredible. Well, okay, can you answer me something? Because I'm, I'm trying to understand what the airlines are doing and why they're doing it. Typically, you would not fly a virtually empty plane. Are they required to continue flying certain routes? How is it working right now? Well, I mean, with the CARES Act, uh, you know, they're required to keep certain routes alive. Uh, you know, also medical people need to get back and forth. Um, you know, the government has people traveling, security people, military people. So, you know, some of what the airlines are doing are subsidized. I mean, obviously, if an airline is flying with seven passengers, there's no way they could come even close to breaking even. And what are the airlines saying? I know you have some fascinating discussions with them. Are they optimistic about the future? Do you think they'll all survive? Well, I mean, when this started in March, I mean, some said, okay, this is a temporary blip. You know, hopefully by the summer, you know, we'll be back to business. Uh, you know, now people are saying it could be two years, it could be three years. Luxury leisure travel is leading the way back. I mean, the stock market has been strong. You know, Goldman Sachs, you know, reported record earnings today. Uh, people have money, they're spending. But the airlines and the hotels are also reliant on business travelers. And business travel is dead. That's literally ground to a halt. So for that business to return, what do you think needs to come first? Do we need a government okay? Do you think it's just people saying, that's it, I'm done, I need to travel, I need face-to-face -face meetings? Or should something different happen? I mean, is, are we all waiting for a vaccine? When you speak to the travel industry, especially around business travel, and of course, primarily I'm thinking about travel related to some of the biggest events in the world, what do you think the different stakeholders need to see to create some type of return to normal? Look, I mean, it really varies on who you ask, but obviously a vaccine that's, say, 80-90% effective would be huge for, you know, the travel industry and the economy as a whole. We don't know when that's coming. Uh, is it coming in 21? We don't know. 22? You know, we don't know. Um, but then again, we've got the mental health issue. 
people can only sit in their homes so long. At the beginning, no one wanted to go to restaurants. Now people are going to restaurants. So whether you're going to Starbucks, whether you're going to a restaurant, or whether you're flying on American Airlines, there is some degree of risk. So clients really need to figure out, you know, what risk threshold are they okay with. Talk to me about the international scene right now. For a start, you have different countries imposing bans on other countries, and and those rules keep changing. What are the international carriers doing? What are you seeing? Um, Do we have flights coming into the U.S. from other countries constantly? Well, a lot of the international carriers are still operating in, and they're still, uh, you know, bringing expats back, carrying government officials, you know, medical emergencies, and cargo. I mean, cargo is a huge part of why these airlines are operating. Um, You know, American Airlines in April ran some all-cargo flights. In their history, they've never done that before. So, you know, that's one reason why international flights are operating. Uh, But, you know, Mexico. Mexico is hot. People are traveling to Mexico. We've had people go to the DR last week. You know, Turks and Caicos is opening up, you know, later in July. Uh, People do want to travel. One of our favorite islands, um, St. Bart's, I believe, is welcoming people, but I think that they perform a COVID test on your arrival. Is that, is that what you're hearing? Yeah, they do. I mean, they're, you know, a lot of islands are doing COVID tests. They either want it beforehand or they want it on arrival. Um, but how long does the result take to deliver? Some municipalities are able to do it literally in 24 hours. Wow. That's okay, what so- we've heard. So, uh, God forbid, you're a traveler, you arrive on an island, you've decided to take some time off with your family, you test, and one of you is positive. What do they, do they then make you leave the island, or you, um, what, what happens? Well, it's one of two things. A lot of the islands do have quarantine hotels set up. Um, so you would go into a quarantine hotel. It could be the entire family, because chances are you've, been, you know, you've exposed other people as well. Some may want to deport you. Uh, some people may want to leave immediately because of potential, you know, medical care that they may need. There are so many, Mark, there are so many things happening right now. Yeah. We just don't know. I mean, we watch TV. We hear the professionals. You know, we hear different governments, a lot of conflicting information. You know, we don't know what the truth is. We have no idea. You've been doing some flying, and I uh, follow you on Instagram, so I see lots of it. What's the experience like on board at the moment? Are you uh, asked to wear a mask for the entire flight? Are they serving food and drink? Is it true you have to request a trip to the bathroom? Well, our first trip was with Delta, and we went to Grand Rapids to see my in-laws with my wife and our puppy. And we left our apartment. We had on rubber gloves. Uh, We had gaiters on that, you know... I got some gators on our, you know, hiking in Rwanda with one and only to go visit the gorillas. Right. So we wore those. We had N95 masks, you know, paper towels to open the car of the Uber. Of course, we had an Uber Black because an Uber Black, you would think that the safety level was higher. Um, you know, we got on our flight to Detroit. We had Lysol. We sprayed down the windows. <laughs> we wiped down the seats. We sat down, and then halfway into the flight. You know, I decided I wanted to hear the in-flight entertainment because, you know, Delta has great in-flight entertainment. I could hear the Rolling Stones, Boston, all of this good stuff. So I plug in. Then I had to touch the screen. Well, I had a napkin, and I was touching the screen, but the screen was heat-sensitive. That didn't work. So then I touched the screen. 
So then I, you know, Delta gave you a little snack basket, you know, wrapped in, uh, you know, wrapped in tin foil, along with, uh, you know, little Purell containers. So then I would Purell after I touched the screen, and then I felt fine. Then we got to the Sky Club in Detroit. I had a tuna sandwich. Okay, <laughs> that's a lot of detail. I felt fine. So, you know, and this was 13 flights ago. Now, I always wear a mask. That I'm religious about. But we've got to get back to, you know, living. I mean, I've gone to numerous restaurants in New York City, and you take the mask off when you eat a meal. Uh, the waiter, the wait staff has a mask on, right. but there are people walking by. I mean, you just need to do what feels right. But what we do know is that people do not want to be under house arrest. I think you're right. And I think personal choice is going to become more important while constantly observing very specific government guidelines. Uh, but it's just going to be so tricky. Tell me about hotels now. So for those of us who are starting to think about uh, going somewhere, traveling, if you're going to a U.S. hotel that's open in a state that is currently open, does anything feel very different? Okay, so hotels, that's a great question. I've been to eight different hotels in the past month, uh, three of them being Four Seasons. In my opinion, Four Seasons has led the way. From day one, they initiated a partnership with Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, where they have medical professionals advising every single hotel. There's a chief medical, chief hygiene officer at every single hotel. So for example, when you check in, there's a little machine that you look into, you see your face, they take your temperature. It's either green or red. If it's red, you can't enter the hotel. It's just that simple. Again, safety first. It's not being administered by a medical professional, but at the end of the day, it makes everyone feel more comfortable because every guest, every employee, every service person must pass the temperature check. And if you are a guest and you do not pass that check, they, I'm guessing they just say, listen, we love you, but you can't stay. Correct. Correct. Wow. What do you think in terms of the hotel groups, the chains? So many of these hotel groups are so reliant on the event industry, uh, and it's just not going to be there for the rest of this year. A lot of bookings are happening for next year. Can they all make it? Well, I mean, if you look at certain markets like Las Vegas and Orlando that have huge events, literally, you know, 365 days a year, I think they will make it. I mean, the companies that are operating these hotels, they've got deep pockets, they're true professionals, they've been doing this a long time, and they will adapt. They will figure out what is the new normal. I don't think we're there yet, but they will figure it out. All right, well, that's good to hear. All right, a couple more questions for you. I keep getting offers from airlines and a couple of hotel groups saying, hey, why don't you now buy miles for future travel and future stays at amazing discounted rates? And it's funny because I want to, but then I'm thinking, but wait, what happens if this thing never ends? What's your advice to people out there who receive offers like that? Well, I think the first thing that everyone should be doing is working with a professional travel agent. Because, you know, we've saved so many issues for our clients, um, you know, getting tickets changed, getting hotel credits, you know, refunded as opposed to getting future vouchers. So, you know, professional travel agents, whether it's a smart flyer agent, whether it's another virtuoso agent, whether it's someone else who has the contacts to help, 
is really the first thing to do. Uh, as far as the mileage offer goes, you know, miles are basically prepaid revenue to the airlines, right. and they are selling them at a discount. They're also selling them to the banks at a discount. You know, they want whatever revenue they can get, you know, right now uh, to keep their operation going. So, what, do, what do you mean? So I'm going to start. What do you mean they're selling them to the banks? What, what's the structure? What's going on there? So, for example, if you have a, you know, Citibank Advantage card, if you have a Chase Sapphire card, a lot of the ways that you earn rewards are in miles. Right. And airlines do bulk sales to the credit card companies. They buy miles at a discount, and then they reward them to their clientele. So all of these individual offers, you know, buy miles by July 31st and get double what you would normally get, you know, the airlines just want to raise money. I mean, they need money. They need to keep the operation going. And any revenue they get, whether it's future ticket sales, future mileage sales, vacation packages, is valid revenue. Right. If you weren't in the travel industry, would you go for it? Would you buy a few? Probably not. Uh, you know, because the future is, you know, unknown. We don't know where the industry is going. Uh, there could be mileage inflation. You know, the rules could change. Right. Would I buy airline tickets? Absolutely. Would I book a trip? Absolutely. The airlines have been unbelievably generous, waiving change fees, you know, working through their, you know, distribution partners like SmartFlyer and other agencies to really make it easy for clients to feel comfortable to give the airline money today. Got it, great advice. And I'm guessing that the hotel groups, even on the event side, are gonna try to offer some very attractive deals once business starts being turned on again. You know what, business actually is being turned on. Uh, I was at the St. Louis uh, you know, Four Seasons and the general manager did tell me they did have some small meetings that actually took place after you know, the outbreak of COVID. So it is happening. Nice. Uh, you know, meeting and event planners are doing a little bit of business. Yes, things are being handled differently, but it is happening. And now, something that a lot of people are considering, I, I would say that this is probably a once-in-a-lifetime chance to get to travel to some of the most remarkable destinations and resorts, probably at low prices, over the next 6 to 12 months. You are smart flyer. You guys see it all. Where would you recommend? Oh, we've had you know so many bookings to places like the Maldives. And the other thing to keep in mind, a lot of our clients, they've built up you know a nice you know array of miles over the years. So maybe they've got a couple hundred thousand American miles, Amex miles, whatever. And the airlines generally use dynamic pricing to price their product the same way the hotels may charge more for a weekend stay than a midweek stay or vice versa. A lot of the low-level airline award buckets are there. So for example, we've had clients get tickets in first class to the Maldives for 125,000 miles round trip. Wow. Ordinarily that could be three, four hundred thousand points. So this is a great time to use your miles. Hotel stays, everyone is cooperative a lot of good added value, a lot of third and fourth night free offers. It's a great time to travel. People have the time. Everyone understands they could literally not only work from home, but work from anywhere. We've had some clients go to our advisors and book two, three, four week stays in certain destinations. As long as they have a good Wi-Fi connection, they're in business. My goodness. Well, listen, if people have got the cash and they've got the time, 
Sounds like an amazing opportunity. All right, so for anyone listening, Mr. Michael Holtz, how can people find out more about SmartFlyer? Just come to the website, or what would you advise? Yes, they could go to the website, smartflyer.com. They could follow us on Instagram, at the SmartFlyer. Uh, my personal account, at Mikey Holtz, on Facebook. You could find me on LinkedIn. We've got a few hundred agents in North America, as well as 50 in Australia, New Zealand. We're here to help. We're here to make your clients, your meeting planners look like stars. We're at your service. Fabulous. Thank you for your insight. I love all of the tips you have, and you're just so plugged in and connected. It's always a pleasure uh, to spend time with you and to chat with you. Michael, thanks a lot. Thank you, Mr. Jeffries. Well, another big thank you to Michael Holtz. Oh, and by the way, a question that I stupidly forgot to ask him, and which frankly was essential, and I just asked him by text message, was simply this. Were you served alcohol on all of those flights that you've been taking? I'm delighted to tell you his answer was yes. Phew. Because without that, seriously, it's not happening. Have you had any interesting hotel or flight experiences in the last few months? If so, do share. You can find me on LinkedIn and, of course, direct by email, mark at markjeffries.com and Instagram, Mark Jeffries. All my travel stuff is there. If you're interested in travel pics, please do take a look. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.